Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. So, friends, as everyone is preparing to rip off their masks and stop social distancing and pretend that the last two years did not happen, namely that we didn't learn anything from our pandemic. Um, Word on the street, uh, according to The Gothamist, and you will listen to more of this in my interview with our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, there's a new variant. There's a new sub-variant that some doctors are referring to as Omicron 2. In New York, uh, they are referring to it as BA.2, uh, BA2, uh, which is essentially a variant that was discovered back in November that has some of the same properties and making of Omicron, but spreads 30% faster than the original Omicron. Um, it is right now multiplying itself every two weeks, and currently one in 10 cases that are being identified in New York are of this strain. Why do I bring this up? Um, at a time when folks really, clearly, everyone, and it isn't just by party or affiliation, it is really f- through fatigue, that people are done. They are done with this virus. They are done with living in the ways that they have for the last two years, and they want to move on. And what this showed me when I saw it, and I am reading other news about what is happening around the globe, um, is this. Just because we are exhausted and tired with this virus, just because we would like to go out and party again, which people are doing, doesn't mean that we can let our guards down. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't still be vigilant and thoughtful about how often we engage and in the situations that we're in, you know, making sure that we are still being safe. And I think that just because 
cable news has taken down their ticker of of um, uh, of covid just because we are now have our attention on another crisis right which is the crisis in ukraine and the potential of a of world war 3 and who's overtaken a fucking nuclear facility and all of these different things just because our attention is moving from one crisis to the other. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't think about how these two things are colliding. So in my conversation with Jonathan, he will bring up the fact that when we are at war, when wars have broken out, um, there is also contamination and health issues that go along with that. Because you're talking about now, right, in two weeks' time, Two million people have now fled the Ukraine for bordering nations, right? Two million people in two weeks' time. And with them, they are bringing a whole host of health needs. In an interview that I will do, uh, that I that I had, that will be posted soon with our friend Danielle Campamore, she talks about the needs of Ukrainian uh, people with regard to abortion. Right. And we're talking about how this war condenses, right, um, all of these other things that now you're no longer able to do because you have basically your entire livelihood, right? Whatever you could grab from your home is on your back. So we're talking about doctor's appointments. We're talking about masks. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about all kind of different diseases that will now be commingling because there is a mass exodus from one country to a multitude of nations. And I think that what gets lost, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, in, in news, what bleeds leads. And so for years now it has been COVID, COVID, COVID. Well, now COVID fatigue. Now it's Ukraine, 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 World War III, World War III, World War III. But we're not thinking about how these situations are colliding with one another and what damage that's going to incur. So here's the other thing. <laughs> Apparently, right now, um, there are outbreaks of COVID happening around the world. And what we know with regard to the patterns that we have seen over the last two years is that we are roughly uh, about a month to two months behind areas like China, a month behind uh, areas like Western Europe. And right now in China, again, not really being reported uh, in with any significant amount of coverage because, again, there is a collective push and desire to move past this pandemic, whether or not it is done with us. There have been outbreaks. Uh, there was a rash of outbreaks that happened in Hong Kong. There have been outbreaks that have surpassed 2020 levels, um, according to the Gothamist. Uh, that is is here in New York. And then I pulled it up and I started looking and I said, holy shit, Wall Street Journal is covering this. Okay, wait, New York Times is covering this, but we're not seeing it on cable news because cable news is focused on the Ukraine. And what's unfortunate is that what do we know to be true? Most people don't fucking read, right? And so what I want to alert us to is that, look, we have reached a point uh, in this pandemic where 
governors, mayors, the president of the United States is basically saying, take your health into your own hands. We're no longer going to dictate to people what they can and cannot do because clearly it has not worked, right? We never came together as a nation to fight against a virus. We came to fight against each other. And that is thanks to the MAGA faction, right? And Donald Trump. But beyond that, you know, you have to take your personal health and safety um, seriously without having to be dictated to. So if you are going to be traveling, you're going to be on public transport, whether it's a plane, train, or automobile, wear a mask. If you are going into crowded situations, right, that are going to be indoors, whether that is a restaurant or not, right? We're getting into warmer weather here on the East Coast. So, you know, God willing, we can all just go back to eating outdoors. And if this variant, if this sub-variant of Omicron does spike and burst, at least we will be in a season that allows us to handle it better than we did in the winter with Omicron 1. So all I say all of that to say that the personal responsibility, right, that we have now is we have all of the tools, vaccinations, boosters, masks, that's it, right? And so you don't need your governor or your mayor or your president anymore to tell you how to wear a mask, when to wear one, and what to do. If by some miracle, you have been able to stay COVID-free this entire time, knock on wood, right? Then you know what to do. If you've gotten COVID, then, you know, God willing, you have antibodies. But what I'm saying is this, I take everything that comes out of the CDC these days with a grain of salt. I take everything that comes out of the administration these days with a grain of salt. I do not believe that the decisions that are being made right now are solely about our public health. I believe that they are being made because of politics. I believe that they are being made because of capitalism. And so at the end of the day, I know what I need to do in order to keep myself safe. And that is what I'm going to continue to do. And so we will get into that conversation with our friend Jonathan Metzel in just a moment. The other thing that I do want to address today that I think is of note, right? And I, I mentioned this yesterday. There is a WNBA player, Brittany Griner, who we have learned uh, over the weekend is being detained by Russian authorities uh, on suspicion of marijuana cartridges being found in her luggage. Folks, this is what I want to say, right? And no one should be made an example of or be used as some type of political pawn, um, which is what Russia does when they detain Americans. I, you know, uh, I feel for her family. I feel for her wife. Um, I feel for her family, her friends, her teammates, because who knows where this is headed and whether or not she will at some point in the near future be released. There are people that have been being held in Russia for years, right? And without some type of international outcry or act of government, and right now our government uh, is not speaking to the Kremlin, Right. So Brittany Griner is caught in the middle. Why do I bring this up? 
Because folks, um, people are traveling. We will all be traveling again. Folks are going to take, you know, summer vacations and whatnot. You may be passing through various areas. Here's the, what I'm going to offer. Do not travel with anything that is not legal in said country and said place that you are going to. Do not make assumptions that because you have broken things up or, uh, you know, hidden them in different compartments of your luggage that like you're going to be good. I think that we are living in wild fucking times and you should, you know, travel like a Girl Scout right? Make sure that all your I's are, uh, dotted, all your T's are crossed and that everything is together because who knows when things will go left, who knows how they will go left. I'll tell you that one time, and this is obviously, this is before the pandemic in 2018, I was traveling to Germany, to Berlin with a friend. And on the way back, I was like physically accosted by TSA in Austria. I had never been like physically groped, my hair pulled, my breasts touched, like it was so jarring to me. And as I'm looking around, I was like, one, I think that I was targeted because of my race, right? Um, but as I was looking around, you know, people are like yelling, right? Don't touch me. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because I was unfamiliar with what the customs were, um, as we were passing through said place. And what I'm saying right now is we, as the world is back open and people love to pretend that COVID does not exist as you were traveling. And if you're going to be traveling, take an extra few minutes to make sure that you understand the rules of where you are going. Um, Make sure that you are taking good care of yourself and whoever it is that you are traveling with. Again, we don't know where the situation in Ukraine will go. We don't know if it will spill over into the rest of Europe. We don't know if Americans will start to be targeted in different areas that may be sympathizing with Putin. We have no idea. But what we do know is that it is important for us to take responsibility for ourselves, for our own safety and well-being. So that is my little PSA uh, as I continue to follow the Brittany Griner case and hope that at some point we have good news uh, to report because I cannot imagine. I can't imagine the pain. I can't imagine the suffering. And for those of us that would love to judge and say, well, you shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. Well, people do worse, right? People, people have done worse. Um, and, and many people have traveled with cartridges and vape pens and this, that, and the other thing. And it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal in our country. It is a big deal in other places. And those are things that I want us to just keep in the forefront in this ever changing, ever shifting landscape that we are living in. Um, it is about personal responsibility and the responsibility of those around you. Folks, coming up next is my wonderful Woke Wednesday convo with our dear friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl. Folks, you know that I'm always excited when it is Wednesday and we have our friend, in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, with us to discuss the latest and, of course, not the greatest news. Um, but we love you, Jonathan, and one day we will do a podcast just on puppies. Um, uh, so 
let me tell you what news broke before we came on. Um, and news that I think is important, given that right now, uh, according to the CDC, according to every single governor, according to President Biden, we can all just go back to normal, that there is nothing more to be worried about. Don't look over here, folks. COVID is done. Well, according to the Gothamist, an Omicron subvariant is doubling in New York just as mandates lift. Um, this is known as BA.2, and this virus is an offshoot or sublineage of the Omicron variant that just swept through New York State. It's kind of like they said, the kid sister, and some, some experts even call it Omicron 2, and it spreads 30% faster than its sibling, which seems about right, because if I remember, Jonathan, Omicron spread double uh, at the rate that Delta did. Delta spread double off of what Alpha did. So talk to us about where we are and what you think about the COVID mandate lifting, right? And I, I we had Dr. Fauci on the show last week. He said, you know, when it's raining, if it's a downpour, you have galoshes and boots and a raincoat and an umbrella on. When it's drizzling, you don't ha need all of that gear. Right now we're in a drizzle phase, but that doesn't mean that you should throw out your rain gear. I said to Dr. Fauci, interesting analogy, but people don't usually protest the rain. Um, so what are you thinking about where we are right now? Well, you know, it's funny. My analogy just shows like the optimist and the pessimist. Like what I think of, I think about it, like, do you want to walk across the highway when there are three cars coming at you or when there are like 50 <laughs> cars coming at you? And so <laughs> I'm like, you know, if I'm going to get run over by a truck, I'd rather do it, you know, like you got to be careful or, you know, you, you recognize when you have to be careful. So I like his analogy a lot better. I'd rather get wet than run, get run over by a truck. Um, but, um, but I, you know, it's, it's an interesting time, right? Because on one hand, there is a sense there's a kind of a, 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 it, there's a sense that many people are at the end of their rope right and and mm -hmm. that's not just about mm -hmm. the the biology of the disease it's also politically like it like it became it became untenable for blue states to keep trying to imp, you know have mass mandates when there's a convoy of truckers headed your way who's going to protest and all these kind of things and so in a way it just became a political liability and I, I do feel like this decision was made um in many ways out of politics but also just to be fair out of kind of human exhaustion in a certain kind of way and so i think that in a way that the, the sense that people felt like okay um you know the big o came through it was a new version of of covid that didn't kill most people and therefore, mm -hmm. it's something we can live with, I think, was a calculus that people made relatively carefully. But again, it wasn't just a medical decision. It was also an emotional and biological decision. Now, that being said, and you probably have this too, man, I know an awful lot of people with COVID right now. Like, I'm in New York, and I've got a lot of friends who have COVID. And if this thing is like literally like nobody's got it and nobody's getting it, then I'm just like, man, I, I must just have a very – a very – select sample of people <laughs> you know my neighbors got it my friends have it you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing and so it's not surprising to me you know and and i guess the danger is going to be if if some new wave comes about which it will and we're not prepared or exhausted or some things like that and so you know i just you think know, yeah 
Yeah, I, I want to talk about the waves for a minute, right? Because you and I have been doing this now, been in conversation, you know, once a week for for two years. Um, and what what we have seen over the past two years, right, is that we've seen now three different variants, right? Three different major variants that have that have engulfed the world: the Alpha, the Delta, and Omicron, right? In two years, meaning that roughly every six to eight months or so, there is in fact a new variant that is worse than the initial one. So I, I want to understand, and again, yes, it is fatigue. I'm fucking tired, right? Like I, I, I too am done and want to go back outside and do all of these things. But what do you think that the the thinking is honestly behind understanding that Omicron took us by storm, but we saw this, but to, to use Fauci's analogy, we saw that storm coming from the UK, coming from uh, South Africa, coming from all of these places a month prior to it landing in the United States. Well, and again, so, you know, that that's an issue now, right? Because again, I mean, it's funny because I was in the airport and somebody in front of me in line said, Putin is the new COVID. <laughs> like, that, that, I mean, I, that's fair. And I thought, man, that's true, man. Like, you know, it's like we, we needed some, we needed some, we needed some humanoid villain or, or something. Um, but, but I do think that the, the warning signs on the, on this, on this horizon are, are still pretty considerable right now. Um, like part of it is that there's a massive wave in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. Um, China, usually get stuff a month or two before us. China is going bonkers right now um, with, with COVID infections. And this is with a bunch of people who had already had um, the big O. And so what's happening in China, I think is concerning. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I just think it's true. I, I think that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, is, I is this administration in your, in, in your opinion, making, a miscalculus right now. Are are we, and not even just this administration, you know, the CDC, the WHO, like, are we making a miscalculation because we're doing so from our um, emotional exhaustion and politics as opposed from a place of science, which Fauci and others tell me that they're being led by? I, again, I think the issue is it became politically unmanageable. I think that's really what happened is it became politically unmanageable and there was nothing that we could do in terms of mandates. I think that for people like me and you, the issue is still the same, which is get vaccinated, wear a mask, be as safe as you can. Um, so I don't think that our daily practice really changes. I just think that getting wide swaths of people to do the same thing um, is is not is – not, it's just – you know, I, I think that Biden called it like living with the virus. And I don't think it's so much living with the virus. It's like our political system was not able to <laughs> live any other way. Um, and so I, I guess the take home, which what you and I are both hesitating of saying right now is there's a lot of COVID in our future. Um, and mm -hmm. also there's things happening. I mean, what's happening in Ukraine right now is a, is a humanitarian disaster of an epic scale. But when you have 2 million people moving um, with no health infrastructure whatsoever, it's also going to be a pandemic disaster quite possibly. And so that and what's happening in China, it's just like, I, I just don't think this thing is done with us. Um, but I would again also say that I, I think that the political possibility of, uh, you know, it's hard, right? I mean, 
I, I went into a restaurant the other day without a mask on <laughs> and, I, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. and it felt really good. It's felt like, Oh man, this is just like going back into a restaurant. Like I want that so badly, but I also know. Then I thought, man, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'd read that study that COVID changes the brain. Um, it has brain effects that they're finding. Um, COVID can Im- influence yes. your brain for the rest of your life. And that's not surprising. I mean, it crosses the blood brain barrier. So I don't know. I'm kind of rambling today, I mean, but I, uh, you know, I no, just, I, there's I, no answer. What I mean, Jonathan, this is what I do every day, but like, you know, the fact, the fact is that I've talked to friends who either they themselves or their someone in their family has long COVID. And what we know right now about long COVID is that it, it materializes in a couple of different ways. There is consistent fatigue, meaning that, you know, walking down the street or maybe walking down a flight of steps is now really difficult to do. There is brain fog. So long periods of time of being able to concentrate, i.e., you know, work is very, very taxing, right? There is, so there is pulmonary, there is heart, there is mind, there are all of these things. And I think that the trouble here is that I don't even think that this administration has even talked about long COVID in any serious way. Anytime that I have interviewed one of the doctors that are part of the COVID task force, you know, they're, they're talking about masks and vax and vaccinations. All of those things are important, but they're not reminding us that just because you get it and it goes and, and you didn't die, doesn't mean that you're not going to be impacted and have some type of disability moving forward. I, I, as you know, I just got off a plane. Uh, I've just rushed here to speak to, to everybody. Um, but I just flew in from Denver and, uh, and the guy sitting next to me was one of these right-wing weasel zippers. Uh, he, I think um, apparently he worked for the Lou Dobbs show um, as like doing oh, Twitter or something like that. And and he was doing this kind of whole fake mask thing with like his nose out and all that kind of stuff. And I thought like, I don't care. You know, you do you. Do you. I, I, I had my double mask on. One of my masks was an N95 and I just didn't really take it off during the flight. And so... I think that's kind of where it's going to be is like, I I honestly, I have no desire to control the guy next to me mm-hmm. anymore because mm-hmm. I think it's a losing proposition. All I can do is like stay on top of the information, talk to you about it, do thing. But, it, but it, again, it's hard because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go to the mat because I love wearing a mask all the time. I hate wearing a mask. Um, but I also think that now is maybe not a great time to get COVID. I mean, never, it's never a good time to get COVID, but especially not right now, because if there is going to be another big surge like this, you don't want to be sick when everybody else is also. So it's a tough one. But I think, again, the best you can do right now is educate yourself and do what's best for yourself. Um, and also pay attention to these bigger stories. I mean, again, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in China. Can you have, explain more about what is like what is happening in China and where? Well, it's just it's just that, um, you know, just they are facing a very major covid surge across different parts of China. And I haven't seen any sequencing. I don't know what it is. Um, but I keep thinking like, man, people in China, if nothing else, they know how to not get covid like they've been practicing right. it for two years. So. The minute people start doing the same thing, but um, but having a different outcome, that's when I start thinking like, man, something else must be going on here. And so I'm not surprised. I mean, the news about the new sub-variant, I've been kind of following this on Twitter a little bit, along with the whole rest of the world collapsing. Um, 
but 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 I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what ends up happening in China is that this this new in, infectious form is what is what's causing that also. And if we so let's just, you know, play devil's advocate for a moment. If, you know, if this new variant, right, is similar to Omicron, meaning that it spreads really fast, um, everyone will get it. But then the symptoms are not as bad and, you know, you're not hospitalized and death isn't hanging over us. Um, Do you think that then Republicans were right all of along? No. And that we should have we should have just, you know, we should have all just gone through the herd immunity. And, you know, those who were going to die, were going to die anyway. And, you know, why do we need to keep paying attention to this? It's just going to turn into the flu. And so their initial, you know, they're not scientific, so they didn't say endemic and they didn't say those things, but they said things like herd immunity and things like, you know, we can build up to it. Yeah, so I, I is hate this those their arguments. winning talking point? Yeah. But is this their winning talking point? Well, you know, I loved what happened with the trucker convoy this week, which is that they were going to have like 10 million trucks come to come to DC and like whatever, and then and then it turned out like everything they were protesting had already been overturned anyway, and so they just drove down the highway, but then they just merged into traffic, and so everybody. Nobody even knew it was a convoy. They just looked like a bunch of cars on the road. And so I just think, you know, I don't, I don't think we're in the business of, of having to tell people what to do anymore. Um, but I don't think there's no role for public health. I really don't. Um, I think that it's important for public health to educate people and for better or worse, you know, no, no matter what side of this you're on, you've got two years of experience with this thing right now. And so I think that that information, especially when everybody's not doing the same thing, that information is more important than ever in, in a way. And so I like this I like this system of, you know, the color coding it or high risk, low risk or things like that. That's mm-hmm. super important. You want to know if there's a if there's a surge in your area. I think that's super, super important. Um, but I, I do think we're heading toward a kind of people take the information and then they make their their own best decision. Now, that being said, I cannot stand the argument of conservatives were right all along. They weren't. Um, mm-hmm. That we've had like... But this is what they'll say. No, mm-hmm. I know. But I'm saying like what that faces is that we've had like seven different phases of the pandemic. Um, and so in the beginning phase, nobody had any immunity whatsoever. It was important to take drastic measures. And then the second round, even before the, the vaccine came out, like there was a much more lethal form of the virus and that might be coming back. And so people act who do that act like the vac- like the virus and the pandemic is all one thing. And that's not the case. It's changed. And so there are different phases of it. So it's just this idea of kind of Monday morning quarterbacking, which is what they do, I think is, is completely disingenuous. It's a, it's a political point. It's not a, it's not a, um, it's, it's not based in reality. People know that, but it's just, you know, they want to protest something. So we take off our galoshes, our raincoat, <laughs> put down the umbrella Right. I, I, did, he, even, did he say galoshes? We, we, did he say the word galoshes? He did. He I, did. He said galoshes. I love that. Um, That's a word. My we, grandfather you know, used to say galoshes. We 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 take off all of this all of this uh, heavy duty equipment, and then um, we're out in the street, and the storm approaches, and it rolls in fast, and we're caught out. What do What do you think the probability is that we don't all get just caught out in the rain, caught out in the shower? Like what, how, do we roll back into, oh, now you have to wear masks on the train and now you wear, you have to wear masks at school and all of these things. 
Do we easily slide back into that? We're responding to the virus. And so right now, because people feel like the threat level is low, doing all those kind of things doesn't make sense. And people are also, of course, itching to get out in, in the way, that, you know, in some semblance of normal. Um, but I would say that if we're facing a situation where all of a sudden people start getting really sick the way they did in the beginning, people, I think, will change pretty quick. So I think we're responding I think we're responding again to the to the virus itself, and I, I just think, you know, I would just urge people to pay attention to their own th- threat assessment in a way. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's it, the the risk is probably going to go up in in New York. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the cases, but, but yeah, but I would I would just say, if the virus itself comes back in a major way, it it cha- it, it it itself will change behavior in a way. I mean, think about how quickly. I mean, just think about the last two weeks, like the entire world is different than it was two weeks ago. Um, and so I just think that really being resilient and being flexible is probably the most important thing right now. I think if you're stuck in some dogmatic position and the virus changes and you're stuck on some side of this or the other, you're, you're going to get screwed. So I don't think it's like everybody's going to get wet. I think the people who are going to be in the best shape are the people who can mm-hmm. adapt as quickly as they mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. I do think, um, to your earlier point that I want to circle back to as we close out today, um, is about the kind of double pandemic that is happening, uh, with the Ukraine, right? Which is that we are watching, um, all of these terrible attacks on civilians and we're watching, I mean, pictures looking like they are straight out of World War II, um, at these train stations and at bus depots, what we are not talking about when we're seeing these masses of people waiting to get out of uh, Putin's literal crossfire is we're not talking about COVID. And we're not talking about 2 million people potentially with, you know, significant amounts of COVID then rushing the borders of neighboring countries. Do you think that that should be a part of the conversation or much in the same way that we, I wanted to talk about the discrimination and anti-blackness that African immigrants are facing in the country, people are telling me, oh, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Do you feel that that is something that is being missed in mainstream media? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've, I've certainly read articles about the anti-blackness that's been happening. I, I, I think there's a story that really urgently needs to be told there. I just don't know what that story is because I've only seen two stories. And so um, I don't think there's ever not a time to talk about that. I just, I don't know what that story, I don't know what the story is. It would not surprise me. Um, and, and, I, and I'm sure there's some horrible things happening to um, African immigrants in the Ukraine and other things like that. I just, don't, I don't know enough detail to talk about it, but I do know that the way um, pandemics and infectious illness um, often work in, in answer to the first part is that they follow political fissures as well as structural fissures. And so there's a huge history called humanity of viruses and infections being spread by political conflicts. And so we've seen mm, this across mm-hmm. sub-Saharan Africa, and now, now it's happening a lot closer to home in a way. And so the fact that political unrest leads to the spread of um, of infectious illness is not a new story. It's just it's just one that makes a lot more sense to us right now because all of a sudden we're living in the middle of all this. And so I would say that it's not just about people who have COVID moving around. It's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. also people with no access to treatment, people who get sick, but there's yep. nothing they can do about it. And then all the other infectious illnesses that have been really 
saved humanity because of uh, health infrastructure, things like polio, for example, or smallpox or th- things like that. When you have two, pe- 2 million people on the move with no access to healthcare, these are people who aren't also going to get vaccinated against things that we have overcome, but but still are always consistent threats. Oh, Jonathan, another day. Another, we didn't, another we didn't even pandemic. talk. We didn't even talk about Congress. Next week, I'll tell you about Congress. That was no, quite a... Yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah. like we had a, you know, we have war that popped up. I so, don't know. Who did, uh, yeah, who did. What did And a new variant. Yeah. Uh, as always, Jonathan, thank you so much for making the time to join us on Woke App and walk through, you know, the apocalypse with us. You're a good partner. One week at a time, guys. <laughs> we're we're doing the one apocalypse one week time. at a time. <laughs> Appreciate you. And now, friends, for your woke moment of wellness. You know, I'm talking to a lot of people who are really on the fence about going back into work, uh, going back into an office after having worked remotely for the last two years. And one of the questions that I said to a client of mine, and I want to offer it to all of you, is to really ask questions of your managers, of your employers who are saying, you need to return for one day, two days, three days, four days, you know, or back for the entire week. Talk to them about nimbleness and flexibility. The world has changed. How we work has changed, so much so that even the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City have said that they think that five-day workdays, right, are a thing of the past and that we are moving into a space of three and a half or four days, right, or just providing people with more flexibility to be able to live their lives and work at the same time. And I think that it's important for us to really not just, you know, lay down and be given back a life that didn't actually work for any of us, right? And so there is an opportunity to build community with your colleagues, right? To talk about with management, with your employers, about what makes the most sense, about how we go back and what this new way of working looks like so that people actually feel whole. Because I'll tell you this, I have never done more work in an actual office than the work is that I do at home. And it's because I'm able to break when I want. It's because I'm able to go for a walk. I'm able to cook dinner. Then I'm able to rest my mind and then go back to the task at hand. Our office culture, right? And if you're outside of the tech industry, our office culture is not conducive to creativity and innovation, right? And the the commuting exhausts us so that by the time that we get home, if you have kids, you're short with them, you barely have the time and the energy to make dinner. We have to find a better way to live, right? And that is the key word here is how are we living? We focus so much on how we are working, but we don't really talk about what is actually working for us to live our best lives in the best way possible. And so I challenge you that if you are in leadership positions in the jobs that you have in the places that you work to really challenge them to think outside of the box, because many people are losing their employees who are saying, yeah, I'm not doing this. So I'm going to go to the place that allows me to have flexibility so that I can be a whole person in my job and not just a working robot. 
So I offer that as a way to say, don't just go back to quote unquote normal. It doesn't exist. And we can find, and we have learned of better ways to be in this thing called life and in this thing called work without having to contort ourselves into somebody's idea and version of who they think we should be. That, my dear friends, is your woke moment of wellness. Stay woke and stay well. That is it for me today here, friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.